All right. Uh, good morning. Let's pray, and uh, we'll get started. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us today. Uh, use me, Lord, as an empty vessel. Speak through your word. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you come and you fill this place, and, and um, God, we need encouragement, and uh, we need wisdom, and we just need uh, all that you have to offer us. We want it, and uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Bring us into your presence. Amen. Uh, I'm in Luke chapter 22 today. I will stick pretty close uh, to Luke chapter 22. We'll go a few other places, but I'm going to really hang in right there. Uh, last week we talked about Judas. We're, we're going through the last week of the life of Jesus and, and hitting a bunch of high notes, and, and not just out of one gospel, but out of all four. Let me explain. Uh, see, the Bible is broken up into two sections. There's the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is the story of God creating the world, choosing a people, promising that through that people a Messiah, a Savior, would come. When that Savior comes, that begins the New Testament. All right? That is the, the New Testament. We could also call it the New Law or the New Covenant. All right? uh, the first four books in the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They are eyewitness accounts or firsthand surveys of the life of Jesus. So all four talk about the last week of the life of Jesus. And, uh, you know, he knew that he was going to die. He is, he is getting it in. It's, if it hasn't happened, he is getting it in. And so we really wanted to walk through uh, his last week. And last week and this week have been some sort of character studies because there's some people that Jesus took into place and we know that Jesus had a, an, an, an entourage, a, a posse that was surrounding him at all times. And out of this group of disciples, he chose 12 to become uh, the apostles. One of those we studied last week, and he actually betrayed Jesus. His name is Judas. Now, there were two uh, apostles named Judas. This one that betrayed him was actually Judas Iscariot. And so... We looked at the life of Judas and how to not become a Judas because uh, at some point we've all looked around and we see in the mirror and we're like, oh, hey, Judas, there you are, right? It, it has happened to all of us. But there's another <coughs> character. There's actually quite more written about this one. This is Peter. And so instead of jumping around a lot, we're really going to follow one because there's a lot written about Peter. In fact, Peter gets to write a couple of his own uh, books that go into the Bible. Now, Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Uh, Peter's name was originally Simon, and Jesus changed his name to Peter. Now, that's the Greek word for rock. Uh, in Aramaic, it's Cephas. And so you will hear him called Simon, Cephas, and Peter. Same guy. All right? Luke 22, 31 through 30. Uh, I'm just going to read chapter or verse 31 right now. Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. There's a conversation taking place between Jesus and Peter. And this is in the last week, in the last days, actually. In the a.m. of this very day, Judas will betray Jesus. This is still while they are in an upper room having the Lord's Supper. They're having their Passover meal, and they have just taken what is the Lord's Supper. And Judas 
has taken bread because Jesus says the one who takes this will be the one who betrays me. Judas has taken it and now Jesus is talking with uh, Peter and he tells him, Simon, Simon, uses his old name. That's how you know you're in trouble, right? It's like his middle name coming out. I don't know that. But he says, Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. The problem with the word you is if I am talking to my wife in the front row, I would say you, right? And if I'm talking to everyone, I say <laughs> in the dirty south we do. <laughs> I say you. Appropriately, I would say you all. We say y'all. But it would be appropriate to say you need to read your Bible. Who am I speaking to? Everyone, right? Well, we, we have a little bit of this going on. So when you really break this sentence down, the question is, Simon, Simon, look out. Satan is asked to sift you like wheat. Now, remember, Jesus is in the upper room with all of his disciples, with the 12 uh, that follow him. And he says, Satan is asked to sift you like wheat. So if I said, hey, Satan is asked to sift you. Now, I'm, point, I'm pointing to Albert right now. I didn't even know who I was going to point to. But you don't assume that I mean just him. You assume that I mean everyone, right? And so I, I think that's where we're going with this passage. When Jesus says Satan is asked to sift you like wheat, does he mean Peter? Yes, does he mean John and Andrew and James and all the other guys? Yes, I believe he means them as well. I think I'll prove that point in just a moment, but just so that you know. But he's speaking specifically to Peter. And the one person we can say dogmatically Jesus is talking to is Peter. Now, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. Now, if you're Peter, you interrupt. Well, would you tell him? Right? I've read this passage so many times, and I'm like, well, no, not going to happen. Not on Jesus' watch. Hold on, before we read verse 32, because you're all about to be severely disappointed. Uh, verse 32, but first, let me read James chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. All the scripture will be on the screen. Nobody expects you to be a Bible scholar. I know you can't flip through your Bibles that fast. If you can, awesome, good for you, but... Uh, write them down. You have a connection card? Write these passages down. Go home and fact check me. Just read it out of interest even. Uh, if you don't have a Bible or at the VIP table on your way out as you exit here before the door on the left, please take one. It's a joy for us to give that to you. But uh, James 1, 3 through 4. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. It is your trials that will grow you. So Peter has asked to sift, uh, Satan has asked to sift Peter like wheat. This is how they used to separate the seed from all the junk that was around it, right? This is a sifting process. I want to find out what is real and what is not. Because as long as Peter is following you and you're doing all these miraculous things, yeah, he looks awesome, but what about when it really comes down to it? What is your heart really like? And all of us wonder that question. If somebody came up and said, are you a Christian? If you say yes, there's a, th there's a bang, right? 
What would I say? What would I do? And that's what Peter's saying. I'm going to prove. Jesus, I'm going to make you feel all alone because I'm going to take all these people that you think follow you and I'm going to show you what humans are really like. I'm going to show you who you really came to sacrifice for. Let me show you Peter's real integrity. I'm going to sift Peter like wheat. I'm going to sift all your disciples. I'm going to take all your boys away from you because they're not really your boys. Jesus is trying to get to Jesus because he understands that defeat is hanging in the balance for him. Well, Jesus, what, what, what are you going to say to that? Well, verse 32, Jesus says, But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. <laughs> Peter's like, Tom. So he asked to sift me like wheat, but you're praying that my faith will sustain. So that means, <laughs> so what are you telling me? That you're going to let Satan have a shot at me? What kind of leader are you? What kind of father lets his son touch the fire? Oh. Right? A good one. Because later, when it's not a little campfire, right? I've told you all this before. When, my, when we brought my son home from Poland... Man, his love and life were fire ant mounds. I could not keep him out of them. So, I let him stay in one for just long enough. Just long enough. Because as long as I'm watching him, I can monitor this. But it's when I'm not in the yard for him and he's rolling in a fire ant bed that they could kill him. So I had to let him understand what it was like and why daddy says no don't play in this fire ant bed and it was through pain that he has survived to this point i did the same thing with jumping in the pool by the way it didn't work i just had to teach the dude how to swim he looked at me from the bottom and i'm counting mississippi 20 right i'm like he's gonna learn his lesson i dive in i get him he cries, jumps back in. So if you're taking parenting advice on this deal, like, listen, it's all kind of touch and go. And nobody knows, really. Where were we? But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Jesus says, I am not going to remove this storm. I am praying that you survive this storm. Is that depressing? It shouldn't be. Because that may give you some solace on why you've been through a storm, even though you're a Christian. Because he did not tell Peter that he was going to keep him from going through the storm. He's letting him know, you're going to go through it, and when you have turned. Did you all see that part? And when you have turned, what does that mean? Satan is going to try to separate us, and you are going to run from me. But when you have turned, and some of you have ran from Jesus, and I know that because you're alive. Did you know that Jesus prayed for you in the same way that he prayed for Peter? Read John chapter 17. He prayed for you, and this is what he is saying to you today. And when you have turned, strengthen your brothers. 
Jesus is admitting that Satan is going to come, and Jesus is admitting that Peter is going to fail. Peter is going to fail. Do you understand that? Adam fell, Eve fell, Cain fell, Peter fell. We won't look at anyone minus the name of Jesus in the Bible who did not fail. And I am not looking at anyone today or speaking to anyone even online who has not failed. And I am not speaking of a, uh, from a platform where I have not failed. We have all failed. And when you have turned, strengthen your brothers. See, remember, I said that he said Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. He wasn't talking about just Peter. I don't even think he's talking about just the disciples. I think he's talking about you, everyone. This is definitely the plural. Satan is going to sift you like wheat, and at some point, you will have to choose. Some of you are all worried about the, your preteen and they're, they're questioning things and all that stuff. Hey, thank God it's happening while they're in your home. Because Satan will sift you like wheat. It's not a, this could happen. This is how it works. And so we pray for your faith. Jesus prayed for Peter's faith because he knew that he would fail. And so now Peter is supposed to get up from that. He's not supposed to fail, but he's going to. <laughs> okay you're like oh so i couldn't help that i just had no 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 you could have helped it you just didn't and you failed and now get up and strengthen your brothers because you were never supposed to lead from perfection y'all didn't seem pumped up about that peter is not supposed to leave lead through his perfection, he's supposed to lead from his failure because he was able to get up. And that's what motivates the other disciples. He is going to deny Jesus and he's going to get his butt up and he's going to preach the gospel. And everybody else is going to follow because they are going to fail too. As will you. And this is also presupposes something that you've wondered about. Because there was a point, and I'm just kind of like throwing this as a blanket sweep. If the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. But I bet it fits. There was a point when you were close to God, and then you failed. And you might have failed more after, or let's not say more, but you might have failed bigger after you followed Jesus then before you follow Jesus, and now you're still kind of laying in the mud because you don't know if there's any forgiveness left for you. This presupposes that Peter will have authority after his failure. Because earlier on, Jesus is going to look on him when he names him Peter, right? Peter, rock. It's not pebble. It's not boulder. It's a building stone. He says, you are Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church. He doesn't mean, this is not, and this is, this is going to be an age-old debate, that doesn't mean he's the first pope. He's saying, you're a Christian, and upon Christians, I'm building my temple. This is the whole book of Ephesians is going to talk about this. You're a rock, and you're a rock, and you're a rock, and you're a rock, and together you come, 
and, and you build these walls that is a sanctuary. And so God is using you for this. And you are Peter. You are Petra. You are a rock. And you still have your value even after you have failed. It was presupposed that Peter would still have authority. See, you will fail. And then when you get up, lead your brothers. So you didn't lose your authority because of your failure. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you lose your position? Listen, there are some things that I could do that I think you would have to tell me, hey, I need you to excuse yourself. You do not need to lead anymore. Yes, that can happen. And even as a minister, I'm held to a, a higher standard. There are ways that we lose this, but even if I fail and I am no longer the pastor of this church, my purpose to bring people far from God back to God will never change. I just have to do it from a different position. Do you understand? So maybe you have fallen, but that doesn't mean that your purpose has been taken from you. You're still the rock. You're still a part of the temple. You've got to, listen, and I need, I need y'all to hear this, and I need you to hear this with love, but just a little bit of authority. Some of y'all need to get your butt back up and get in your word and lead your family and your friends with you. Now, verse 33, Lord, he told him, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Just in case you've not read the rest of the story. If you've never read the book of Acts, by the way, you're welcome. That's your new favorite book. Peter will do all these things. He will go to prison and it's a party. <laughs> you got to read it. It's a party. He will go to prison and he will go to death. Lord, he told him, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I tell you, Peter, he said, the rooster will not crow today until you deny me three, until you deny three times that you know me. The rooster will not crow. This is, this is in the evening. So the rooster won't even crow the next morning before Peter has already denied him three times. He's telling him right here, I will never leave you. I won't deny you. Nothing can separate us. Satan has asked to sift me like wheat, but it won't work. Some of y'all, I've heard this, and I, I don't know of any single person in this room that has shared this meme, but I've seen it a thousand times. Likely one of you have. My bad if this offends you. But I've seen this deal where people post a picture of like this warrior, and it's like, uh, and I can't remember the words. It, it makes me want to vomit so bad that I didn't even memorize it. But it says, Satan said a storm is coming, and I whispered back, I am that storm. And then whisper, I am. An idiot. You think you're tougher than Satan? Satan is going to sift Peter like wheat, and Peter's like, bring it. Stay with your chest, Satan. He won't even make the night. Like, you're just going to stand all alone against Satan. Do you understand when Satan leaves heaven, a third of the angels followed him because they're so impressed? Oh, but you're just gonna you're just gonna man up. Gosh. And I whispered back, I am the storm. That tells me you're alone. And you're not real bright. 
You ain't going to make it. Look at how it happens, though. And this is, the, this is like insult to injury. And this is all of us, by the way. And I've said stuff like that. If you've, if you've put, like, I get it. I get that's not as, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being coy. I'm being funny. I get it. You, you're, you're, you're excited about your faith and you want to be strong. I'm just trying to make the point. Don't try to think that you're tougher than sin because you're not. I promise you, stronger than you have fallen. And don't try to do it alone because you can't. And now I'm smiling. So if you're offended, you can't be, I smiled. Can't be offended anymore. Uh, later on in the same chapter, uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 54 to 62. They seized him, led him away, and brought him into the high priest's house. Meanwhile, Peter was following at a distance. This was, Jesus has been betrayed. The soldiers came and got Jesus and took him. Meanwhile, Peter was following at a distance. Okay. They lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, and Peter sat among them. So he's kind of following Jesus. Jesus is going in for trial. He's been captured. Peter's just sort of trying to walk in incognito and, and like blend in. He's undercover right now. When a servant saw him sitting in the light and looked closely at him, she said, you know, other translations will say a servant girl. She said this man was with him too, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. The first time that he's going to de- deny Jesus because Satan is going to sift him like wheat. And, and, and you've got to understand that this is not just him wanting popularity. He is afraid for his life. So much so that not only will he not stand up to Satan, he'll deny Jesus to a little girl. When a servant saw him sitting in the light, verse 56, and looked at him closely, she said, this man was with him too, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, verse 58. After a little while, someone else saw him and said, you're one of them too. Man, I am not, Peter said. About an hour later, another kept insisting, this man was certainly with him since he's also a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Talk about rip your heart out. So Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Man, this is such a huge part of Peter's life. If Peter could go back and take something out, <laughs> this is probably it. But if Peter could go back and take something out, the last thing I would want him to take out is probably this. Peter is going to deny it three times, just like Jesus said, 
he's going to start with a little girl, and it just goes on from there. And he'll do what he swore he would never do. He didn't think it was possible, and he found out that he was weaker than he thought he could ever be. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Hopefully, everyone drawing breath is either identifying with this, or you're still in denial about your own human depravity. And you think you're tough and it's going to get you in trouble. See, Peter's under construction right now. The Lord has incredible things for him to do. And he needs to go through this. Peter's going to go out and weep bitterly because he is so distraught over what he has done. But understand that what he has done is molding him. I wrote these notes, and at first I wrote, Peter thinks this is the end, but it was really the beginning. But that's not true, because God had done so many things to bring him to the point where he could get over this. So this wasn't the end. It wasn't the beginning. It's just like your story. It's just a necessary part. I don't know where it fits in the story. It's just necessary. Because Peter was quite a handful. Peter's a little bit of a ham. And, and I will tell you that he is Peter the rock, right? So he's like a building stone. And this is a building stone with a lot of rough edges. And, and I have, I just dug this out of the grass earlier. And have mowed over it. A thousand times I've driven over this rock with the lawnmower tires a thousand times and it is just not very smooth but this on the other hand is quite smooth we call this river rock and it has tumbled for thousands of years <laughs> through running water going through crash after crash after crash and these are made out of the same thing, but they have not had the same experience. This is the one that you want to set on your desk and just like, you know, y'all ever, ever see those people who like take one of these and make a rabbit out of it or whatever? It's incredible. I have no artistic ability, so if you have anything north of being able to write your own name, I'm just in awe of what you can do. But... This is one that you set on your desk. This is, the, this, is, this is the ones that you paint. This is the ones that, you know, you see kids with a smooth stone and, and they just rub their thumb across it. And this is not. Same thing. But this one has been made smooth out of pain. This is your walk in the faith. You were able to minister to others because you have had tumble after tumble after crash. And the Lord has knocked off some rough edges. And we think, I sure wish I could take that back. But if you took it back, this is what you would look like again. Can I get an amen from anybody? This is right back to where you would go if you didn't learn your lessons. Experience. Experience makes you wiser, right? Right? <laughs> no, 
No. Because some of y'all got somebody in your life that you're going, when are you going to stop doing this? When are you going to learn? They have a lot of experience. They have no evaluated experience. See, experience doesn't make you wiser. Evaluating experience makes you wiser. And Peter is about to go out and evaluate this experience so that he never has to go through it again. If you show me somebody brave, I will take you and we will interview them. And I guarantee you they will tell you about the time that they were a coward and it left such a bad taste in their mouth that they never wanted to experience it again. They said, I have lived as this person and it left such a bad taste in my mouth that I decided I would die before I would ever go back there. There is nothing that could be weighed against this that I would not choose over this that I feel. And Peter has that experience. The Bible doesn't throw out a lot of adjectives and adverbs, and it says that he goes out and he weeps bitterly. And Peter is going to be restored and he is going to lead. But let me contrast this just momentarily to Judas. See, Judas betrayed Jesus, and he went back, and he tried to give the 30 pieces back, but he used this wordage, before I have betrayed innocent blood. See, there was a curse in Deuteronomy that says, cursed is the man who betrays innocent blood, and he's still trying to get out of the curse. He's not evaluating the experience. He is not pleading for the life of his friend and the life of his master and, and, and God and what he's doing. He's not weeping bitterly in the way that Peter is doing. He's not evaluating the experience on the same level. Both have experience. Both failed. Both betrayed Jesus. Come on. Both betrayed Jesus. Wasn't just Judas. Like We know him as that, right? We know Judas is the one who betrayed Jesus. But Peter also betrayed Jesus. Why don't you know him that way? Okay. Where are we? Hebrews 4.16 Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. See, it was prophesied about Judas that he would fall and never get up. But Jesus prayed for Peter that when he falls, he would get back up and lead his brothers. How do I get back up after I have failed so embarrassingly? How do I get back up when I have failed so miserably, when I feel like all I can do is fail, how do I get back up? We just read this, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. You see, when I fall and the Father grabs me by the hand to pick me up, I will never be stronger than that. Think about that. When I don't have the money, but the Father opens His supernatural wallet to provide my needs, I will never have more money than that. When I don't have the words to give you, but the Holy Spirit empowers me, I will never have more wisdom 
than that. And so you are not supposed to lead from your strengths. You are supposed to lead from His strength. And when you get to the end of yourself and find yourself needing the strength from the Lord, you will never be stronger than that. See, strength is spelled G-R-A-C-E. Strength is spelled a lot like grace. Because without it, you have no strength. Because Satan is more powerful than you. And he has sifted you like wheat. And let me guess, I'm going to play Miss Cleo. I've read your palm this morning. And you have failed. You have sinned. Well, duh. Because Satan sifted me like wheat. But I have a father who's not done with me because he prayed that not only, not only would I get back up, but then I would get back up in a position of authority and lead people back to Jesus through the grace that he has given me to get my butt back up. Somebody? I am not supposed to stay down. Well, this changed and that changed. and Yeah! You don't think that Peter and Paul are going to be thrown into prison and go, well... I guess I'm done here. They're trying to murder me. Next city, boys. It is through His grace that we have any strength left at all. You're, you are going through something in life, and you, you say, I just wish, I wish it could go back to 1999. I don't, I don't know. Some of y'all never even saw 1999. You're like, Listen, that put me in diapers. I, I just wish I could go back to when things were more simple. I wish I could go back to when things were normal. When are things going to go back to normal? Never. Never. N-E-ver. Don't you understand that once a woman starts having labor contractions, it ain't going back to normal. You going home with a kid. I don't want that to depress you. I want you to understand that if you're waiting for things to return to normal and I wish everything could be like it was and I wish this relationship would restore to the way it was and I wish my kids would be like they were and I wish my wife and I wish my husband and I, I wish life and I wish people would just leave me alone, that's not going to happen. You have fallen. Reach for the Father's hand. Well, how do I do that? I'm glad you asked. If you will read your Bible, pray, go to church, and be the church, that is how you reach and God pulls you up. But here's the problem. I hurt my back really bad this week. There's a lot of things I was going to do, and now I'm just like, kind of do that. So y'all get the old man version. Uh, when, when I fall, this is me falling down, okay? That's as low as I'm going. When I fall down, and I have to reach up, the Father, the father pulls me up. The problem is, the problem is, and you know this because you've been there before, I let go as if I have it all on my own. And so this is why we say, hey, and it's, it's in the foyer. We got a big metal thing in the foyer, and we say it almost every week. Uh, read your Bible, pray, go to church, be the church. And I fall into a hole, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I need your help. And I, I reach out because I start praying, and I start reading my Bible, and I start going to church, and I start, I start helping people, and I go, okay, I'm good now. And then guess what's going to happen again? Stop letting go of his hand when he helps you out because you've lost your strength. You've let go of 
grace because I got it all on my own now, right? Peter will go on to lead. Peter will preach. Read Acts chapter 2, man. Peter will preach and thousands will get saved. Peter will be thrown into prison. At one point, he gets thrown into prison and the jail just busts wide open. It's incredible. Peter's going to write a couple books in the Bible. And Peter's going to die just like his Savior died. Now, there is a story, and we don't know because we don't have any documentation of this until actually maybe a couple hundred years after the life of Peter. So we don't know this, if, if, it, if it happened this way or not. But uh, the story goes that Peter was going to be crucified, which was very common. Uh, the Romans loved to crucify people. And uh, he said, I am not worthy to die like my Savior and was crucified upside down. Whether that really happened or not, I don't know. But Peter was crucified. He is going to die for his faith, and he won't deny it. Because he had denied Christ to a little girl, he'll have the strength to go to the cross. And so you have Peter. (laughs) Or you... And you wish that things were like they used to be. That ain't what you need. Your experiences have brought you to where you are today. Well, God did this to me. I didn't say God did that to you. Satan sifted Peter like wheat. But God gave him the strength to get through it. So God did this, Satan sifted Peter like wheat. No, God gave him the strength to get through it, okay? Put that into perspective. And stop being defined by your defeats. And be strengthened by your defeats. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 8 and 9, and I'm going to read verse 16 and 18 for time's sake. Here we are. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but are not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us An absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What has God called you to do? Now let me ask you this. Why can't you do it? Well, because I don't have, and I don't have, and I don't have, and I don't have. (laughs) Yeah, I know. God's probably... I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say definitely. I'm going to still use probably. God's probably not going to call you to anything that you can do alone. He's probably not going to call you to anything that you can do that you don't need His help. And so we have been helped up just to let go of His hand. And at some point, church, 
evaluate that experience. You say, I just wish I could get back to this place. The only place that you really want to get back to is right here where I had the hand of the Father. And you know what the good news is? You don't have to fall to take that hand. It is extended to us at all time, and His mercy is made new every day. Worship team, go ahead and get back up. So, if there's been a point where the Father called you to Himself, and some of you are like, I've actually never been there at all before, same thing. I want you to take the hand of the Father and don't live like everybody else has lived. And I don't mean like everybody. I'm just saying don't be watching humans to see how to do this because as soon as the Father helps us up, we let go as if we've got it on our own. You be the one smart enough to hold on to that hand and read your Bible and pray and go to church and be the church daily without letting go of the Father. You be the one that was like King David says, better it is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Now that I got your hands, I'm never letting go. I'm going to stay in my word. I'm going to stay meeting with you. I don't want to let go. I don't want to get back on my own strength. I already know that I'm not strong enough. I already know that I've screwed stuff up enough that I do not want to let go. You be that person. You say, I'm not even a, I'm not even a Christian in here today. Man, you know, if you, if you walked in here today and you said, I'm not even a Christian, I don't even know where to start. Let me give you four things. I want you to start doing this. I want you to read your Bible. <laughs> Are y'all getting tired of this yet? I want you to pray. I want you to go to church, and I want you to be the church. Just start pursuing God. God, speak to me. Man, if you'll, if you'll just take a couple weeks and say, I'm just going to sit here, and I'm going to read until God says something to me, I guess. If you will pray and ask God, I believe that he will show up, and he will speak to you. And the party starts right there. I'm warning you right now. For the rest of you, you have reached out. You have grabbed the Father's hand. He has taken you. He has led you somewhere before. Let me just encourage you with this today. Get back in the game. Get back up. I'm embarrassed. I failed. People know that I failed. We call that a testimony. Here's, the, here's what you're confused about with a testimony. You think a testimony is your story. The only part that you come into your testimony is where you screwed stuff up. Your testimony is an account of what God has done to restore me. And not only restore me, to bring me to a place that I've never been. Your testimony is a story about the Father. And if it's not, you still don't get it. If I hear your testimony and I never hear the conversion part where you gave everything over to God, then I know that soon enough we're going to hear more to this story. Because you're not strong enough to do it without Him. Get back in the game. Get up. I know you fell. You got hurt. You got dirty. You're exhausted. I know. But if you're still laying down, waiting for everything to get back to normal, waiting for the dust to settle, waiting for peace to come, you will never get back up. Even if that could happen, man, there's just another wreck around the corner. Satan asked to sift Peter like wheat, 
God didn't deny it. Think about the implications of that for just a second. He didn't take it away. He allowed it. I know you've been through some stuff. I'm going to pray for you right now. The worship team's going to uh, worship team's going to do one more song, and uh, people are going to come. In fact, if y'all want to go ahead and come up to the bas- uh, front with those baskets, uh, this sanctuary has gotten a little longer and takes a little longer to get through with those things. Uh, part of the way we worship was with tithe and offering, and so that that's going on. But man, I encourage you to let go of that shame of falling. If you're embarrassed because you have fallen and you feel like you can't get back up and serve the Lord because you have fallen, in front of whom are you embarrassed? These people? We got holes in our jeans just like you. Tripped over the same stone got the same grass stains, got the same mud caked on our face. There's no need to be embarrassed in front of anybody sitting around you because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If somebody's trying to lord over you their righteousness, they don't understand their own depravity and you need to pray for that person. Yes, it is you that God has called to do what God has called you to do. I know that sounds silly, but he made you, prepared you in advance for good works. And do not stay down and not do those good works because you're embarrassed, because you think that you have nothing left. Because Peter was always supposed to lead with holes in his jeans. It was no surprise to the Father that he denied him three times. And it was from there that he's supposed to get up and lead. Because from there, he finds the grace to have strength. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, we pray that you be with us. We pray that you empower us. We pray that you move in us. God, I pray for people who you've been calling to do something, and they are too insecure to do it. And somebody needs to do it, but they don't want to do it. It needs to be done, but they can't do it because everybody knows what they've done. Father, I pray that you will remove that from them, that you will give them grace, that you will will show them, Father, the forgiveness that you have poured out on us and allow them to forgive themselves. Bring them freedom from those things that make them feel like they have to stay down. Give us the grace keep walking for you and to pour out love. And we ask this in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Please stand and worship with us, guys.